Welcome, 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 welcome. We're here. Um, we're doing it. We're back. Um, I hope everyone had a great holiday season, um, filled with guilt, with no guilt, um, stockings hung with care, and all all the usual uh, trappings. Trapper from Mash. Um, all the usual trappings of the holiday season. Hope it was great for everybody. Hope everyone had a great time. <clears throat> oh, you love a, a a creaky throat boy. Um, and so what we're doing today is something I've done every year of the podcast so far. Um, where my first episode back from the holiday break is just me, just me, only me, talking about my five favorite things of the year from a bunch of different categories um because i don't want to like try to find somebody to talk about books with me somebody to talk about movies somebody i'm sure i could but you know it's just it's a lot and then to put it all in one episode would be a lot to do over the holidays so i don't do it i just do it with me um i publicize this episode the least because nobody really wants to hear me talk um if you listen to the podcast you are listening for the guest and so that's why this one is kind of goes under the radar, but it's always good to have just so we have like this record of the years that were. Um, twenty seventeen, we talked, we talked about Master of None, and and Lady Bird, and um, like the Lord album melodrama. That's what we kind of talked about. Twenty eighteen, Old Man and the Gun, um, The Good Place was mentioned for sure. Um, Huckleberry Finn. So we are um, doing that today. It's going to be a shorter episode because I don't really have much to say besides the things that I'll say. There's not really like a dialogue that's going to result. Um, yeah, so we're doing it. Uh, also, no no, um, no sponsor. I, somebody asked me about that. They said, what happened to bodybuilding.com? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so anyway, let's just get right into it. Um, Top five. I'm gonna think. I'm thinking. I'm doing. I'm gonna do a like sports. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go athlete. Um, just because sports moments might be you know a little bit redundant. Um, athlete. Um, books, podcast. Um, mine excluded. Uh, TV shows, television, um, music albums and movies, all the great stuff that you love, and that I love. Uh, we'll just go right into athletes. Um, just in case there's people who listen to this who don't really care about sports, so they can get just right past this. I'm gonna go um, my number five athlete, um, and just so you know, this is gonna be very biased um, towards Boston sports. My number five athlete of the of 2019, I had to go with the beloved David Pasternak. Um, not really even sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly because I've heard many different p- pronunciations of it from radio or just the Bruins games themselves. He is a player for the Bruins. He's amazing. Um, right now he's captain of the Atlantic All-Star team. Uh, for the NHL All-Star game coming up at the end of January. Uh, should be, when you hear this, it'll be about 16 days away. Yeah, he's captain because he's he's amazing. He's leading the league in goals uh, um, and p- total points. Uh, he's tied... Actually, I think he might be he might be close to being tied with Brad Marchand at the moment. Uh, but yeah, he, Pasta has been just amazing. Um, it's always really great to see like an electrifying hockey player in Boston. Um, they don't always come around like some. We've had a lot of like very good stalwarts like Patrice Bergeron is great. Um, 
Krejci is just like like Mr. Consistency. Chara is obviously a respected veteran. Um, but it's really great to see Pasternak as like truly like a, a thrilling hockey player. Um, going into that, uh, my number four. Had to give a shout-out to Mr. Touchdown Tom Brady. Um, they lost to the Chiefs. Um, not to the Chiefs, sorry. That's who they would have played. They lost to the Titans um, in Wild Card Weekend last weekend. It was, it was sad. You know, I'm always going to be sad when they get eliminated. But they've given... The Patriots have given me so much. And they've given all of us so much in the Brady-Belgic era. It's kind of absurd that people think we're owed a Super Bowl every year. Like, don't get me wrong, it's great, and that's what you should root for every year. That's what they. That's what the goal should be. That's what they should strive for. You're not going to root for a wild card loss. But we've had six Super Bowls, and, like, Aaron Rodgers had has won. Drew Brees has won. Peyton Manning barely got two. Like, six is just... It's been so consistently good from Tom Brady that we think that it's just going to keep being this way. But, like, honestly, it's un- it's unprecedented what he's done, and it'll never happen again. Russell Wilson has won. Like, it's we take it for granted, I think. And I just want to appreciate Tom Brady. I don't think he's lost... He's lost a little bit of um, maybe accuracy, I would say, on some of his throws, but the zip is there. The, the time in the pocket, the release time is excellent. He's still... He's still pretty great. Um, the receivers were a little, a little shaky this year, um, for sure. But Tom Brady, um, he deserves to do whatever he wants this offseason. He's earned that right as much as I might want him to return. Um, going into number three, had to um, give a shout-out to the great um, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I know it's another football player, but Gronk this year, he he retired. And he didn't really do a lot this year. He played in the playoffs, and that was about it for 2019. But... It's the last year we get to um, honor Gronk as an athlete, so I wanted to include him on the list. He also um, set the Patriots up to win the Super Bowl this year uh, against the Rams. It was a very defensive-oriented game, and the Patriots finally broke through on like a couple Edelman plays, and then Gronk really came through clutch. Um, Shout-out to Edelman, by the way. Uh, yeah, Gronk really came through clutch. He hauled in an amazing catch right at the goal line, setting it up for a Sony Michelle touchdown that gave the Patriots... Um, the lead that they never relented. So Gronk, I miss you, buddy. Um, number two, number two had to go with Rafi Devers, Rafael Devers. Um, I went back and forth between Devers and um, Xander Bogarts, uh, just because of how great they were to watch this year. Honestly, the two of them, like the the future is bright for the Red Sox, even if they trade Mookie Betts, which they probably shouldn't. I wouldn't do that if I were them. Um, but it's looking like that might happen. Um, but even if we don't have Mookie, at least we'll still have uh, the very smart Dave Dombrowski locked up Bogarts before he left, um, before he was fired. And Devers, you know, he's still very young as well. He's probably, I hope he'll be a Red Sox for a long time. He's so fun. I really miss Dustin Pedroia playing because he's always going to be probably my favorite athlete ever. Um, but Rafi Devers has filled that void a little bit. He plays third base. He is so fun and goofy and he hits like a monster. Like he... He worked with J.D. Martinez over the offseason to uh, take a deep breath before he swung, and it's really paid off. Uh, yeah, he's just he's a special player. He Honestly, he's really special, and I love rooting for him. I'm glad he's on my team. He's so fun. Um, and my number one, uh, and for those of you who don't know, I won the Fantasy Football Championship this year. Um, so that was great. Uh, it's something that I've been striving for for the past five years. I played in three championships, lost all of them, uh, got eliminated from the playoffs in round one one year, and it was just like this 
there were, it was like a carrot dangling in front of me that I just could not get between my teeth. And this year it finally happened. So I wanted to give a shout out to the guy who made that happen. I had a lot of great players on my team who were there for me the whole year. DJ Moore, um, Odell Beckham, he wasn't great, but he contributed. Uh, Zach Ertz, AJ Brown, um, the Steelers defense, the Patriots defense at one point. Um, Young Hoku, great kicker. Uh, Zane Gonzalez was there for the beginning. Um, and uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, Saquon Barkley, and Lamar Jackson were also crucial. But I have to give a shout out my number one athlete of the year. He's not even from Boston, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I loved what happened in Boston sports this year. Um, I love that the Celtics became likable again. I love that the Bruins got all the way to game seven. I love that the Red Sox. Um, Got to you know we got to have the hangover of the World Series and the Patriots won the Super Bowl obviously but Christian McCaffrey he made my sports year by bringing me that fantasy football championship literally like every week I was guaranteed thirty points from him he was so consistent so clutch I would not win without him and uh, shout out to C Mac uh, jumping right in now to uh, my top five podcasts of the year uh, I kind of went specific on top five podcast episodes um, a lot of good ones this year as well like. WDW Radio, Empire Film, uh, Slash Film, Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, Modern Love is always great, Weekly Planet, uh, Binge Mode, Magnificent Obsession with the great Alicia Malone from TCM, Comedy Bang Bang is always funny, um, there's a Quentin Tarantino podcast, The Big Picture, I love The Big Picture, Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy, Book of Basketball, Office Ladies, those are two new ones, This is Branchburg was new, um, The Director's Cut, there's so many great podcasts out there, honestly, like, I don't know what you're doing listening to mine, there's so many other great things out there that you can listen to, um, and I want to give a shout out as well to MuggleCast, um, which had an episode where they did, uh, they covered the DVD extras for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, with my dear friend and friend of the podcast, who she's done three episodes before, you know, Three Timers Club, uh, Jack Rayner. And that's a delightful episode. Um, but I didn't want to, like, rank it, because I, I didn't want to, like, put a friend in the ranking, because that, like, kind of changes things. Um, so I put number five was my uh, The Watch from The Ringer, hosted by Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. They they cover a lot of shows, like Fleabag, Game of Thrones, Briarpatch, Succession, uh, Mandalorian, um, for sure, The Watchmen, um, and this year they did the best of the decade uh, TV shows with um, Sam Esmail, who does Mr. Robot, and their producer, Kai McMullen. It was just great. I love, like, whenever I go to the airport, I always listen to The Watch. They feel like friends of mine, um, and it was great to hear them count down the best of the decade. Kaya put BoJack on her list, which was dope. Um, Chris Ryan put Game of Thrones at number one, and I loved that. That was great. I, like, I think people take Game of Thrones for granted. Um, so that was a great episode. Uh, number four is also from The Ringer. Um, it was The Rewatchables when they did The Shining. They've had a lot of great movies on The Rewatchables this year. They did Butch Cassidy with Aaron Sorkin. I love Butch Cassidy. It's probably my favorite movie of the 60s. Um, they did a Top Gun Emergency Rewatchables when the Top Gun Maverick trailer came out. Uh, Bill Hader did No Country for Old Men. The Safties did Happy Gilmore to promote Uncut Gems. Forgetting Sarah Marshall was there. Uh, Tarantino came on to do... Um, Torrentino came on to do, to do, uh, fucking Dunkirk, but the rewatchables of The Shining, it was a perfect, like, Halloween listen, greatest horror movie, in my opinion, um, it was just perfect to listen to. Number three is also going to be from The Ringer, it's the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, I love Bill Simmons, I know a lot of people give him flack, but I think that's kind of, like, the thing about, he's, like, kind of, like, a buddy to them, which is fine. Um, he did a lot of great stuff this year, I always love his guest of the lines with Cousin, with, uh, Cousin Sal, I love his Klosterman episodes, um, 
The prop bets is great. He had Kevin uh, Garnett and Adam Sandler on to promote Uncut Gems as well. And I love that episode, but I had to give just a slight edge. My number three was uh, the Matt Damon episode. He came back. I listened. I was coming back from Pennsylvania last October, um, October 2018. Red Sox won the World Series in that month, just by the way. Um, and... I was listening to the first Matt Damon episode, and I was like, oh, wow, this is great. I never thought Matt Damon would do it. He seems like too big a star, but I'm glad that he did do it, and we'll always have this one episode. And then he came back. He came back about a year after and told stories about, like, he when he visited the Gone Girl set with Ben Affleck and David Fincher. He talked about uh, when he was courtside for Celtics-Lakers finals in 08, and Phil Jackson yelled at him. It was great. Matt Damon is a podcasting pro. He's dope. Uh, My number two podcast of the year was the Pawscast third annual holiday spectacular the first year uh the podcast did a draft like they drafted holiday songs um it was hilarious the second year they did holiday characters it was somehow even more hilarious they drafted them and now they did holiday foods this year it's always so funny um i think it's hilarious it's joe posnanski who's a sports writer for sports illustrated or he was for sports illustrated he's worked for many different um groups over the years uh he worked He's, he, he writes about baseball primarily right now he's doing a top 100 baseball players countdown of all time i just think he just did Derek jeter at 79 which is you know uh i would much to think about um and he also does it with mike sure uh the podcast mike sure uh wrote he wrote um the good place he created the good place he wrote for the office and snl and he created parks and rec and executive produced brooklyn 99 and master of none all these great shows i love mike sure he's like one of like literally my creative idols um and so the two of them host the podcast and they do these drafts and they brought uh, for the holiday draft uh, for holiday foods. So they brought on Nick Offerman, who played Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. They brought Mike Desenzo, who used to be the head showrunner for The Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon, uh, starring Jimmy Fallon. And um, they brought Alan Sepinwall, who's a great, amazing television critic for Rolling Stone. Uh, Linda Holmes, who's a pop culture critic for NPR. She's great uh brandon mccarthy who used to be a professional baseball pitcher for yankees i think he played for the dodgers the braves um and this year they added megan amram who's a writer for the good place uh and it was a it was a great episode i always loved the holiday spectaculars they were like a tradition of mine i listen to them every year now i have a third one to listen to and it's just amazing honestly everyone is so great it's just so amazing it's fun it's hilarious it's wholesome it's just a great way to spend the holidays and my number one, I couldn't decide. I went back and forth. There's two episodes from this pod, uh, the Pete Holmes podcast. Uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. Uh, there were two episodes, and I just couldn't. I didn't want to make the list have two from the same podcast. So I just put them both at number one together. Um, an episode with Colin Hay. He interviews Colin Hay, the lead singer of Men at Work, um, who has this beautiful like Australian slash Scottish accent, beautiful voice. I've seen him live in Northampton before with Caleb. It was just fantastic. Caleb's a friend of the pod. Um, he's a, an amazing storyteller and he makes me emotional when he just like when he waxes philosophical about like how he views life he has a great perspective on it and he sings amazing too uh so that was a great episode but and i think i, I would give this slight edge i think to an episode of you made it weird with pete holmes who actually is pretty good at the podcasting thing he's very funny um but he did an episode with demi at bay uh who is just he writes for the good place as well um speaking of amram and he's just he's a great creator he loves movies he loves like making funny videos he's very funny and a great follow on twitter if you're into it um but i listened to that episode while i was um on a plane at lax waiting to go to australia so i might i I probably have some like 
fond memories attached to that like it kind of color and bias it a little bit but honestly it's a great discussion they talk about comedy they talk about religion it's just it's amazing to listen to and i just i actually want kind of want to go back and listen to it again because it was just dope i feel like i'd probably start crying because it would remind me of being on the way to australia and how amazing that was and how hopeful those feelings were at the time and but yeah great good times for those as well um moving into books i don't really rank books um because it feels i don't know like i feel a lot more comfortable ranking like movies than i do literature it's just always been uh i don't know just how always been how i felt something about it just rubs me the wrong way because i don't know i think you get it you get what i'm saying but uh i will mention some books that i loved that i read this year i didn't read i don't think i really read any books from 2019 but I read books in 2019 that were published earlier. Just some good ones I liked. I liked um, the Zodiac book by Robert Graysmith. Um, in terms of like serial killer books, I also read Helter Skelter, Vincent Bugliosi, and I read what else? Uh, The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Those were great um, books about true crime. Uh, I also read Shakespeare's Love's Labor's Lost. He doesn't really need my recommendation, but that was a great play. Uh, Little Women I read for the first time. It was amazing. Oh my god, it's like one of my favorite books ever. Speaking of one of my favorite books ever, um, because I'm going to talk a little bit more about Little Women later, but I also read um, A Storm of Swords. I read the whole Song of Ice and Fire book series, but A Storm of Swords was just unbelievably good. It's automatically like a top ten for me ever, I think. And so is Little Women. Um, Dubliners, James Joyce, Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson. Uh, my sister wrote two books, Phantasmagoria and when she saw what she had done uh, phantasmagoria is short stories when she saw what she had done is a book of poetry it's about the life of lizzie borden both of those are by nicole mello they're available now i'll link to them in my episode description uh the tales of beetle the bard jk rowling when you are engulfed in flames david sedaris a lot of good books um this year catch 22 i read for the first time bone by ursa daily ward a lot of good stuff um and all of these, by the way, like I have a like full list of all of these at um, my online journal. Saoirse Ronan deserves an Oscar. If you felt like checking that out, um, that would be dope. If you felt like it, no worries. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I enjoy writing about these things. I just like, I could write about these kind of things all day. Um, so moving on from books, my top five albums of the year. Great year for pop music, honestly. Um, I want to give a shout out to some honorable mentions, Maggie Rogers, Lana Del Rey, Coldplay, Hosier, and Beyonce. Um, but my number five is Amidst the Chaos. It's an album by Sarah Bareilles. Um, she's great. Wow. Uh, I know I say the word great mostly more than anything, pretty much. Um, but she, she really is. She has like one of probably the most powerful voices I've ever heard. And Amidst the Chaos is her newest album and the voice is still there. Like she's still just consistently producing great songs um fire saint honesty these are great tunes um my number four was fine line by harry styles i heard him on snl he did watermelon sugar and i thought it was pretty good um but i wasn't really thinking about i was going to check out the album i liked his other album when he did i think it was actually called harry styles might have been uh from a couple years ago uh, but then my friend tyler friend of the podcast as well he said to listen to the album and i did it's great it's like kind of very contemporary sort of a different uh, harry styles-esque spin on rock and roll uh i liked it yeah i mean i'm not a big one direction guy but harry styles solo career very promising uh, my number three was thank you next uh ariana grande i have never like i struggle with pop music like pop music is great and it has been great like the beatles were pop like don't forget that but 
in recent years, I was like, oh, pop is not really working for me. Like, I'm not really liking Justin Bieber. I'm not really liking what Katy Perry's... I like old Katy Perry. But I don't know like really like what she's doing now. For a little bit, I wasn't really even too keen on Taylor Swift. Like, I wasn't a fan of some of her songs that I would hear a lot. But but Ariana Grande really broke through um, me for me this year. I heard her... On, maybe it was just... I just heard her on the radio a lot, and so it kind of stuck with me. But I think the songs were actually genuinely good. Like, this breathing was not on Thank You Next, but it's like, I think it's like a very, like, genuinely one of the best songs of the decade. I put it on my list. And, but Thank You Next has, obviously, it has Thank You Next. It has um, Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, uh, which I think has gotten some flack, but I thought it was pretty catchy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it has seven rings, um, but I think it's a pretty good album. Like, for, as far as pop albums go, like, I thought Ariana Grande kind of crushed it. Um, so good on her. Uh, number two, I put Lover by Taylor Swift. Honestly, like, my number one and my number two could have been, it's a coin toss. I loved both of these albums equally. They're both incredible. They are both some of the best pop albums, I think, of all time. Just how complete they are in terms of, like, feeling and how every song has true heart behind it. Um, Lover by Taylor Swift, though, is just easily my favorite album that she's ever done. I was a little bit uh, wary on, like, I wasn't a big Shake It Off fan or... Um, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. I, I wasn't really like eh, they were okay, but I love her. Just every song I love, literally like e- even me. People don't like me, but I was like me is pretty dope actually, to be honest. Um, but I love. I think my favorites. I did this episode with Kate as well um, uh, about our top five songs from Lover. But son- seriously, like Cruel Summer, uh, Miss Americana, and the Heartbreak Prince, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Lover itself, uh, London London Boy. Cornelia Street, Soon You'll Get Better, uh, Paper Rings, which is just everything you want. Like, the whole album was perfect. Love Taylor Swift. I'm, like, I'm, like, a huge fan now. Like, I'm a total Swifty. Um, but my number one, I feel like these guys def- kind of defined 2019 for me, at least, if not in terms of everything, then probably in terms of music. Uh, but the Jonas Brothers' Happiness Begins. I mean, I, I, they just, they did a Christmas song. They were at New Year's Eve. They did... Corden, the carpool karaoke they did billy on the street they did all that they did um they had a tour they had a fucking tour they did um they nick jonas was presented at the golden globes um honestly like they did the amas the the i I always saw them do the amas by the way live in boston shout out to that um they just everything that you would want to do if you made a comeback they did and it was the year of the jonas brothers honestly like and their album was great roller coaster um just heartbreaking uh hesitate is a beautiful love song uh strangers is great only only human is amazing to dance to uh sucker that what do you all do you all remember that day when sucker like came out like they literally it was like eight in the morning or whatever and their jonas brothers are like new new song sucker tonight everyone's like what oh my god it blew my mind that and then then it lived up to the expectations of course the hype was real it was just amazing that was a great time uh april what a month for culture april 2019 was so happiness begins with the Jonas Brothers. Uh, thank you for defining 2019 in many ways for me. Um, moving on now to television shows. Uh, Going to give a shout out now to some Disney Plus, like High School Musical, the musical of the series. I will not apologize for liking it. Uh, Mandalorian, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, BoJack, Succession, Modern Love, Stranger Things, Barry. There's a lot of great shows out there, but uh, Fosse Verdon was great. Um, but I'm going to go top five here. Number five, The Good Place. I mentioned it earlier. I've mentioned it a lot. Um, but it's just amazing. Like the most recent episode, The Answer, by, uh, it was with, it was just basically like the cheaty episode. It's beautiful. Oh my God. Like that's like, that's what you want in a show. Like that's just 
it's everything, honestly. It's it's just it's all about human connection. What more could you want? The Good Place is perfect, honestly. It's a perfect show. I cannot wait to see how it ends. Although I will miss it. Um, number four was Fleabag. Fleabag is the talk of the town this year, man. A lot of num- lot of made a lot of number one spots on people's lists. Um, and I thought about it, um, but ultimately I think there was a narrative at play in television for me this year, so I had to put Fleabag at four. But it's very funny. Um, the chemistry between Hot Priest uh, Andrew Scott and Fleabag, who is Phoebe Wall- uh, Waller Bridge, just incredible. Oh my god, the two of them together, I could watch that forever. So definitely check out Fleabag if you can. Um, just won Best Comedy at the Golden Globes, too, so that's a good enough reason. Number three was Veep. Um, you know, I know Fleabag ended as well, but Veep, I've kind of had in my life longer, so I just have more of an attachment to it. Um, and the final season was just as good as every other final, as every other season of Veep, so like, kind of had to put it at number three. Um, it was my favorite comedy of the year. Every ten seconds, there's like an all-time classic joke, which is like, you can't say that for a lot of shows, um, but kind of perfect um the, one of the great casts in comedy history tim simons uh jld the incomparable uh anna chlumsky reed scott it's, it's amazing he's so good as danny egan um uh tony hale gary cole kevin dunn all these great actors um and i'm forgetting like literally like 15 to 20 amazing heat checks veep is so funny please if you can watch veep because it's 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 right up there with like 30 rock the office um all those like uh, Parks and Rec, like all those great, uh, like joke a minute kind of comedies, Arrested Development, it's right up there with them. Um, my number two, though, was uh, my Disney friends, if any of them, God willing, have made it 25 minutes into this nonsense. Uh, uh, my Disney friends will appreciate this one The Imagineering Story. Yep, that's right. Uh, the highest ranking Disney Plus show on the list is The Imagineering Story, all the way at number two for the year. It's perfect. Like, I'm a total theme park nerd, and if you are a theme park, ner- theme park nerd like me, it will satisfy everything you could want. Six episodes, each an hour long. It's like a, literally like a six-hour in-depth with unprecedented backstage access documentary to, like, the tunnels of Magic Kingdom, the Pirates of the Caribbean, old footage of Walt people haven't ever seen, Bob Iger interviews, like, and, you know, Iger's questionable, but to get interview access is obviously very valuable for this kind of show. Um, Michael Eisner is interviewed. That's literally insane. And, like, I kind of want to just go back and watch it again just because seeing the parks is just, like, candy to my brain. It's, like, hot lava melting over my neurons and just imaginary story wow knocked it out of the park beautiful best thing on disney plus right now uh, hard to imagine it could be topped to be honest but to be honest just let's just let's be thankful that we have it and my number one game of thrones i know people didn't like the final season very much i really enjoyed the final season i think episode four was a little wonky um but that's okay because what show doesn't have a wonky episode literally everything i've listed has a wonky episode uh but Game of Thrones, episode two and Night of the Seven Kingdoms might be, like, top five television episodes of all time for me. It's it's just every payoff you could ever want is there. And they do it well. And the characters are great. And Tormund tells a story about how he suckled milk from a giant because she thought that was a baby. And, oh, Game of Thrones. What a, I just miss it. I miss it so much. And it was such a special time when it was airing. I saw the f- series finale in fucking melbourne australia that's special that's a show that goes with you places and it inspired me to read over five thousand pages of literature which is just i just really miss game of thrones and i'm not really interested in people who said they didn't 
uh, like it because it had bad plot um, and or bad writing. I feel like people don't get what bad writing means because the writing was actually like exceptional. But they think that like if a character does something they don't like, then that's bad writing. I don't know. I feel like not everyone feels that way. People have very valid concerns about it, obviously. Um, but I think some people were conflating some uh, questionable things about it, which is okay. You know, things happen. People get passionate about this, these kind of things, and they want to. They feel they, they have ownership over it, but it's okay. You know, it's all good. We all just we all love what we love, um, and we're all just we're all just doing the best we can. Um, that being said, we're gonna go right into the last one here. My top five movies of the year. This is always my favorite one to do. I think ranking movies is the most fun. I have like three hundred lists of movies. I just love it. It's a passion of mine. It's a great hobby. Um, some honorable mentions though, for sure. Got to shout out Last Christmas. Great rom com with Amelia Clark. If we're talking Game of Thrones, uh, Chasing Happiness, the amazing documentary about the Jonas Brothers. Toy Story 4, which shouldn't have existed, but somehow, like, kind of crushed it. Number, uh, not number, uh, another audible mention would be The Irishman, the Martin Scorsese Netflix epic about the life of Frank Sheehan, uh, who works with Jimmy Hoffa and Russell Buffalino, uh, which it brings back Joe Pesci, it unites him with De Niro and Pacino with Scorsese and Harvey Keitel and Ray Romano. Oh my god, what a movie. That's just, it's three and a half hours, so, like, God speed to you if you decide to watch it but it was great um sorry i shouldn't be doing this kind of thing for honorable mentions uh but irishman wow uh long shot as well um rom-com from the people who made the night before seth rogan charlize theron uh it's great it's really great um i had so much fun i saw this in the theater with my friend tyler aforementioned uh and yeah pretty pretty kind of perfect um i liked long shot a lot uh but going into my top five number five um uncut gems have you heard of this one yeah it's like it's something it's man this is like i literally okay so the basic story of it is um adam sandler in a dramatic performance he's so good as a dramatic actor but this is well established um adam sandler is a diamond district jeweler in in new york um and he plays he's howard ratner that's his name and he is he's like an extreme like gambling degenerate addict he's uh like literally obsessed with like chasing the high that comes when you like make a very risky bet and so basically he 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 comes into like possession of this like really mystical kind of jewel like a gem like an uncut gem and then like it leads to like this series of i don't really want to don't even want to say too much because you kind of just have to like witness it but like literally it leads to like the most stress-inducing, anxiety-filled experience of your life. Like, I had such, like, an ulcer afterwards. I had to, like, lay... Like, I said, like, crunch my head and lay over. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it really stressed me out. Like, the kind of bets he makes... Like, if you know anything about sports betting, you know that his... Like, like he's literally sociopathic for making some of these bets, honestly. Um, and there's, like, Kevin Garnett is in it, doing great work. Um, Adina Menzel is in it from Frozen um and enchanted uh who else is in it um mike francesa from mike and the mad dog is in it which is like don't even really know what to say about that lakeith stanfield is great julia fox is like a kind of a breakout star from it judd hirsch yeah it's something uh it's like an experience that you just kind of like you're just along for the ride basically like you're just like it's like somebody's driving 130 miles an hour down the freeway and you're just in the passenger seat, and you're, like, lucky if you find a seatbelt, basically, is what Uncut Gems is. Um, my number four is Knives Out, 
uh the ryan johnson murder mystery hitchcock thriller whodunit kind of movie which is just it's everything you want honestly like it's like a slew like a murderer's row 27 yankees like acting bunch like daniel craig is the benoit blanc the detective who has like this southern accent chris evans is like the trust fund kid uh jamie lee curtis is i think chris evans's mother in the movie anna de armas is fantastic michael shannon is in it uh katherine langford uh don johnson lucky stanfield again um yeah it's really it's a ton of fun it's hilarious it's so intricately and carefully and 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 lovingly plotted like uh it's just literally like everything that he said everything that ryan johnson sets up he pays off it's beautiful beautiful knives out please if you love a good murder mystery check out knives out uh my number three this was number two for so long it was number two for so long and then it was recently bumped to number three once upon a time in hollywood uh saw this one with caleb uh i think caleb and i also saw knives out together uh with with our friends um but once upon a time in hollywood wow it's shot on film and it looks it like it's beautiful it's gorgeous oh what it just gives you like that perfect like movie movie feeling um once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the story of Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, LDC, as we call him now, apparently, um, and Cliff Booth, his, uh, he, the, Rick Dalton is an actor, and Cliff Booth, uh, played by Brad Pitt, is his stunt double in the movie, and it's basically just like, and it's, uh, Margot Robbie is playing Sharon Tate as well, she is an actress who was in the movie The Wrecking Crew, um, with Dean Martin, uh, and it's basically just, you know, there's a little bit of Charles Manson, uh, stuff in it. And, but it's basically just a day in the life of Dalton Booth and Sharon Tate. And it's one of, it's just an experience that you kind of let happen to you. I had so much fun being in that world. Quentin Tarantino, it's like his sweetest movie. There's hilarious moments. There's, there are very many hilarious moments in it. But it's just so sweet. At, like the ending is just like perfect. I One of the best, uh, might be the best ending of the year. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, check it out if you can. It's fantastic uh number two it just made the cut just made the list we just saw it just in time just this past weekend it was fantastic beautiful i literally okay i'll say it's little women is my number two and in any other year except for like maybe maybe the year la la land came out and maybe the year the martian came out in any other year it's my number one movie of that year but there's a big one at number one um but little women wow wow Oh my goodness, um, Sir Sharon, and obviously my favorite actor is is that is her. Um, I adore Emma Watson. I have such a strong connection to her from Harry Potter. Um, Greta Gerwig might be my favorite director alive right now. She's so she's the best word for her is she is so smart. Every decision that she makes in Little Women, from like thematic choices to 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 uh, screenwriting um, changes um, to the the jumbling of the of the timeline it's just every decision she makes is the right one and good on her like she was talking um on the director's guild podcast to ryan johnson she said that she when she made ladybird she wanted to have uh it was ladybird was set in 2002 and she wanted to have songs that set it in that period but to do that she knew that you couldn't just have like songs from 2002 because songs from like 1994 would still be playing on the radio at that time so she like incorporated some of those songs as well like from the 90s it's kind of like more of a 90s thing than it is a 2000s though it, though it is set in 2002 and 
so she kept that in mind when she did Little Women, and she said that when she was doing the costume designing for uh, Laurie, played by Timothy Chalamet, uh, in a great role, um, when she was doing the costume designing for him, she realized that his clothing would come as, like, sort of hand-me-downs from, like, the Lawrence lineage. Um, so she didn't get, like, like, during the Civil War or after the Civil War styles, she got styles that would have been in style before the Civil War that would have been passed down to Lori. So it's a little bit more ill-fitting. It's a little bit more out of sync with what everyone else is wearing. And that's like, oh my God. Like, to think of that, the it's just perfect filmmaking. Greta Gerwig, um, I think that's a perfect way to encapsulate Little Women. It's just, it's a movie, it's brimming with love and feeling and it's so raw and honest and it's just... I can just see myself having the DVD of this years from now. Maybe I have an apartment with of myself of my own or a house or whatever, and I just put it in the DVD player and I just let it ride. Like just loop, play on a loop like a Christmas story does on TBS, the 24-hour marathon of that every Christmas day when a Christmas story plays. And you just you come in and out of the room, you see different scenes, you see a couple of scenes multiple times, you see a couple of scenes no times. That would be the kind of experience I would love to have with Little Women. Perfect movie. Please, please, please go see Little Women. We need this movie to make every dollar it can at the box office. We need it to win every award to show that we want more movies like this that are hopeful, that are um, intimate, that are um, just... And just we just want Greta Gerwig to work forever. She is fantastic. Um, But that being said, I do have to put um, Avengers Endgame at my number one because no movie... Like, when you take in the whole experience... From the trailers to the posters to the hype to the theorizing to the to the bus ride to the movie theater where you you couldn't think about anything else, it was just honestly probably the best movie going experience I might ever have. Those live reactions, the not knowing what was going to happen, the fact that it was actually like good, it was actually good. It wasn't just a popcorn movie; it transcended the popcorn movie genre. Um, so many rousing moments, these like incredible, like jaw-dropping uh just uh, i just can't gush about it enough i've talked way enough about avengers endgame to be honest i've written ten thousand words about it i did a five-hour podcast about it it's but it's honestly like it's the most satisfying movie you'll ever see it's one of the great filmmaking achievements of all time it's a feat unlike any other um i guess we can talk spoilers spoilers for avengers endgame if you haven't seen it kind of turn this off um but when Cat picks up the hammer, when they come through the portals, when they time travel back to the Battle of New York in the first Avengers movie, uh, when they cut Thanos' head off in the first 20 minutes, you're like, what the hell is going to happen now? Oh, it's just, I can't, I just, I think about every scene from it. I think about Thor in New Asgard. I think about Ant-Man. Just, uh, I love it. I love all these movies. Uncut Gems, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, Avengers Endgame. That is as good as a top five as you're ever going to see in movies. That Those are five perfect movies. Any one of them could have been number one. And honestly, like that's just those are all just filmmakers, actors, producers, writers, costume designers, fucking people who make, get the bagels in the morning. That is everyone working at the peak of their talents, coming together at the perfect moment in their careers to make to produce five beautiful, perfect pieces of art i love movies i love books i love it all i loved 2019 for all of its pains for all of its heartbreak there was plenty to love and plenty that we can look back on and celebrate as the years go on as one of the great years that we've ever had and honestly these top fives have been fantastic 
And in 2020, there's going to be plenty more podcasts to come, but I wanted to kick it off this way and reflect on the year that was and how much great output there was. Um, so from Christian McCaffrey to to Little Women to the, A Storm of Swords to Helter Skelter, from them to Lover to Happiness Begins to Demi Adewigbe and the Pete Holmes podcast to... Game of Thrones, to the Imagineer story, to Disney Plus, to Avengers Endgame, to Quentin Tarantino, Knives Out, Uncut Gems, Saoirse Ronan, to all of it. Have a, it was a great 2019. Thank you for sharing it with me, those of you who did. Uh, I love you all. I loved all of this. I love just talking about things that we love because that's what we are. And yeah, like Taylor Swift said, you are what you love. And that's what we're not going to do bottom five. We're just doing top five things we love. And, and it's just a great time to be alive. We're lucky. We're great. We're lucky. We're lucky people. Um, So have a great 2020, everybody. I hope you had an amazing holiday season and a happy new year. And just help Australia because we need to help animals because they can't help themselves sometimes. Koalas, kangaroos, they, they are, all of these animals are currently rehabilitating in Australia right now after those devastating wildfires. They're still going on and they need all the help we can get. Um, some great um, organizations that I've contributed to, um, and you should also join me in doing so, are WIRES um, Wildlife Rescue, the um, Australia Zoo Wildlife Warriors, um, headed by Bindi Irwin and uh, Robert Irwin and Terry Irwin and Chandler Powell. There's a lot of... Um, the Red Cross of Australia is also helping animals, and uh, people also need help too. Um, but I'm just trying to advocate for animals because plenty of people will advocate for people, and somebody needs to talk about the animals. And so, yeah, just look at look into that. We'll have a great 2020. And if we just help each other, just be kind and help each other. And we're going to have a great year. And I can't wait to do this again next year and see what five movies we can talk about and gush about like we did with Little Women, Knives Out, and all the, all the rest. And it was great. Um, thank you for joining me. Nobody was here to thank for being here. But honestly, you're all welcome anytime.